98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. Newly installed Chief Secretary John Lee has defended his experience when responding to questions from the press for the first time since being promoted yesterday. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says the government is encouraged by recent inoculation figures and is confident that Hong Kong can reach a 50% vaccination rate by September. And former U.S. police officer Derek Chauvin has been sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for the murder of George Floyd last May. Newly installed Chief Secretary John Lee has defended his experience when responding to questions from the press for the first time since being promoted yesterday. Questions have been raised about his lack of policy-making experience, but Mr Lee insisted that he has richer experience and a better understanding of government operations than many other colleagues, having been a public servant for 44 years. There is no, no all, I think, in this world. I have strengths, which I think the chief executive considers will assist her to achieve what she wants to do in her governance in this year. The making of policies, of course, the responsibility rests on the secretary concerned. But as the chief secretary, of course, I have the overall duty of coordinating, mobilizing and also ensuring that the policy meets the objectives of the government. Newly promoted Security Secretary Chris Tang says implementing Hong Kong's own national security legislation under Article 23 of the Basic Law will be one of his top priorities. But he says there may not be enough time to complete the legislative work for it uh, with only a year remaining for the current administration. The new police commissioner, Raymond Hsu, says he doesn't think the relationship between the public and his officers is as bad as perceived. Speaking to the media, Mr Hsu blamed what he called fake news reports for some people's misunderstanding and hostility towards the force. The relationship between the police and the Hong Kong people, I don't think the actual situation is as bad as a lot of people think. Basically, a lot of people are giving staunch support to the police officers. And I can also see an improvement on that. After having, uh, we have done so many police community relation activities. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says the government is encouraged by recent inoculation figures and is confident that Hong Kong can reach a 50% vaccination rate by September. We have administered more than 3.4 million doses after 120 days, and more than 2 million people have taken their first jab, which is about 30% of the population, and about 20% have taken both doses. That's about 1.3 million people. And we can see the daily figures improving. Speaking on an RTHK program, Professor Chan described the city's epidemic situation as improving, despite the recent discovery of a local untraceable case of the more contagious Delta variant. She said sporadic cases are inevitable, adding that some 30,000 people who might have come into contact with the 27-year-old patient have so far tested negative for the virus. Former U.S. police officer Derek Chauvin has been sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for the murder of George Floyd in May last year. Mr. Floyd died after the officer knelt on his neck for more than nine minutes while restraining him. The BBC's Peter Bowes has this analysis. There are great hopes that this is marking a new era, but also, I think, aware that around the country there have been many other 
incidents in addition to this one that perhaps haven't been quite as high profile. Everything hasn't been fixed by this verdict and this sentencing and that it is going to take some time and perhaps changes in the law, both at a federal level and a local level. I'm thinking of the methods used by police officers to arrest an individual, those chokeholds that have been widely discussed. A lot of people looking to the federal government to make changes. More than 150 people are still missing after the collapse of an apartment block in Miami earlier this week. Four people have now been confirmed dead and rescuers are working around the clock to find survivors in the rubble. Magale Ramsey's 80-year-old mother is one of those who are missing. She says waiting to hear what happened to her is the hardest part. The choices you hold on to are like either that there is a miracle with God's grace and he does have lots of miracles in store for us or God's grace was one that, you know, she didn't feel a thing and she's in his hands and his arms right now in a good place. The exact cause of the accident is unknown, but U.S. media reports suggest that concrete and steel in the building had deteriorated. Officials in Florida also say the 40-year-old 12-storey building was due to undergo large-scale repairs this year. The BBC's Will Grant says answers will be expected as to how a relatively modern building could have collapsed so easily. The governor, Ron DeSantis, said that he expected answers, full answers, to be reached on exactly what happened here. And, of course, there will need to be a thorough investigation about the renovation work that was taking place to the building, whether or not that affected its structural integrity, whether or not there was some kind of code violation anywhere along the line. Yes, it was only built in 1980, but was it built to the right specifications? And, of course, that is still 40 years of Florida sun, sea spray, hurricanes, rain, May that have affected the integrity of the, of the subsoil? You know, there, there's a whole series of questions, but they will get to those in due course. You're listening to RTHK. The time is after five minutes past one. President Biden has reassured his Afghan counterpart, Ashraf Ghani, of America's continuing support for Afghanistan. After a meeting at the White House, President Biden said US troops may be withdrawing, but military, financial and political support for Afghanistan would be sustained. The BBC's Lise Doucette has the story. This high-level meeting comes at a moment fraught with risk. In recent weeks, the Taliban have taken dozens of districts across northern Afghanistan, moving closer to key provincial capitals. President Biden emphasized America's continuing support to the Afghan government. But he knows the pullout of U.S. troops, along with key assets like air power, will have an impact on the battlefield. President Ghani called the U.S. troop withdrawal a new phase in their relationship and rejected accusations that the U.S. was abandoning Afghanistan. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says he has asked Pope Francis to come to Canada to apologise on behalf of the Catholic Church for the running of residential schools for Indigenous children. His request comes after the grim find this month of about a thousand unmarked graves near two of these schools, most of them containing the remains of children. In the last century, there were attempts to forcibly assimilate thousands of Indigenous children in mainly Catholic boarding schools. U.S. intelligence agencies have released a long-awaited report on what they know and don't know about unidentified flying objects seen passing through restricted military airspace. The BBC's Sophie Long has the story. For decades, what the U.S. intelligence community knows about UFOs, or, as the Pentagon likes to call them, unidentified aerial phenomena, has been shrouded in secrecy. Now, an official report has revealed it knows very little. A task force examined more than 140 sightings of mysterious flying objects over the past two decades. 
Investigators found no evidence that the encounters, most of which were by U.S. Navy pilots, represented extraterrestrial life. But it does acknowledge that remains a possible explanation. The Tampa Bay Lightning are into the Stanley Cup final after beating the New York Islanders 1-0 in their winner-takes-all Game 7 clash. The Lightning are the reigning cup champions and will be taking on the Montreal Canadiens in the final. The Canadiens are playing in their first final since winning the cup in 1993. Game 1 of the final starts on Monday in Tampa. After a couple of rest days, the European Championship resumes tonight as the knockout phase of the competition gets underway. Wales faced Denmark in Amsterdam in the first of the last 16 matches, with the game taking place exactly two weeks after the Danish midfielder Christian Eriksen suffered a cardiac arrest in their opening game. The Wales captain Gareth Bale is aware that most of the neutrals will be supporting Denmark. We understand the situation that happened with them and um, obviously we've obviously sent all our, our best wishes to, to Christian and, and what a great job the, the Denmark team did um, with that. So, um, but yeah, but come, come game day, it'll just be us and them on the pitch and uh, yeah, hopefully we can put a great performance in and, and get the job done. Denmark, meanwhile, played all three group games at home in Copenhagen and their captain, Kasper Schmeichel, is looking forward to playing in Amsterdam Arena for the first time. I've never played here myself. Uh, I've only ever seen on TV the, the atmosphere that can be created. I know obviously we, the stadium is not going to be full, but uh, I know there's a lot of travelling Danish fans. I know there's a, a lot of, uh, of Dutch fans coming to watch the game. So hopefully they support us and not Wales. And following this match, it's Italy against Austria in London. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Newly installed Chief Secretary John Lee has defended his experience when responding to questions from the press for the first time since being promoted yesterday. Health Secretary Sophia Chan says the government is encouraged by recent inoculation figures. And former U.S. police officer Derek Chauvin has been sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for the murder of George Floyd last May. You're listening to the news on RTHK. I'm stuck in the middle with you. Here's Steelers Wheel, right here on Radio 3 with me, classic Michael Lance.
Census and Statistics Department is conducting the population census. From June 23rd, all households will receive a notification letter. You can call 182021 for an interview or complete the questionnaire online before July 18th. Households that have received a paper questionnaire may also return it to the department by post. All data will be kept in strict confidence. Online census, convenient, secure, and green. 24 hours a day, this is RTHK. Gonna get out of the way a little bit here and enjoy the tunage. Got some Jefferson Airplane, Buffalo Springfield, and Don Henley coming up. But first, how about a little back-to-back? Here's America. A little bit, we'll hear Sister Golden here. But first, a horse with no name. There was sand 